Hey guys, um, this is uh, our first attempt at live streaming on Facebook. It's, uh, if you can't tell who we are, Bob, Todd, and Joe. And uh, we just wanted to um, just talk about a few things as we have Good Friday and our Easter service coming up. And, um, you know, we actually have, haven't had the opportunity to get together uh, since March 8th. And so the three of us haven't um, seen one another. And I myself have just got out of quarantine today. Today is uh, my 14th day. Um, and so uh, I know if I look a little bit pale, we haven't been outside a lot. So I'm very thankful that uh, we are doing well. And so we just wanted to say hi, uh, give you guys an update about what's going on here at the church over the next couple of weeks, um, as well as how each of us are doing. So um, Todd, if you want to just tell them how you are and how your family is. Yeah, it's great to connect with you all again. And uh, as Bob just said, it is really good for the three of us to get together. This is the first time in over a month that the three of us have been able to sit down together with Malawi and then Bob being in quarantine and then uh, Joe and I working mostly from home, although Joe's been coming in a little bit. Uh, this is our first opportunity to connect as a staff. And uh, we're just so grateful for uh, the team that the Lord has put in place here. and. It's good to catch up uh, with you guys and kind of see you after uh, a few weeks of being uh, separated. Our family's doing well for the most part. As you probably know, our kids are out of school, and so uh, we're navigating uh, life in the Dykstra household with five teenagers and just trying to navigate uh, how to keep everyone busy and active and still um, using their time wisely. And so uh, we're, we're doing well overall. It's given us a little extra family time. Uh, to be together, and we're thankful for that. But uh, we're still—I'm still working from home, and um, so we're just thankful. Our, our family's healthy; uh, everyone's doing well uh, for the most part. But uh, we do miss our church family. I know I've said it so many times over the last couple of weeks, but I just really so much just miss you, miss our fellowship, and uh, miss uh, just the times of being together. Um, and so we're all looking forward to this uh, being done soon. Joe, how are you guys doing? Yeah, we're doing good. Um, good to see everybody. Um, I've talked to a lot of you on the phone, so uh, but it's still um, going to be good to get get back together and see everybody. Uh, my family's been doing good. My grandkids and my daughter were here a couple weeks ago. They were here for they had to stay for two weeks because of the uh, the lockdown, so they stayed an extra week, which was good. Uh, they got home safely, though. They're doing good now. And at the same time they were leaving, my son moved out too. So now we're, we're truly empty nesters, you know, we're at that age. So, But um, <laughs> we're doing well. It's, it's good to be here with these two guys. I've, I've been coming in almost, almost every day for a few hours uh, just to work on things. Um, but, yeah, it's good to be back with them. I'm looking forward to meeting back up with everybody. So. Yeah, so this week uh, we have uh, Good Friday and we have our Sunday uh, Resurrection Celebration. And um, though I, I don't know every single time in the history of the United States, but I would have to say this is probably one of the first where we weren't gathering uh, corporately you know, as a church together in our history. And so um, we just wanted to, to encourage you um, to let you know that even though we're not gathering corporately in a centralized location. Um, we are obviously live, live streaming. Um, Joe is going to be leading a Good Friday service at 7 o'clock, and then we'll be having our Easter service at the normal time 
Sunday, uh, Sunday morning. And so uh, we just wanted to talk a little bit about the importance of that, um, the importance of um, you know, maintaining the uh, focus of having you know, our, uh, our uh, risen Savior um, as we celebrate this time. So we're just going to take a couple minutes and you know, see what that looks like maybe in your household, uh, what that looks like Friday night, uh, Sunday morning. Um, and, uh, yeah, I just want to encourage you guys to, uh, to still gather around. So, um, if you guys have some thoughts on that, you want to encourage the body with, uh, yeah, obviously this is just a, uh, incredible time of the year. We, in a sense, really want to celebrate the death and resurrection of Christ every day. It's not something that we just celebrate because it's on a calendar. Uh, the, the death of Christ and the resurrection of Christ is our greatest hope. As believers and so we want to make sure that that is the focus of uh, our hearts as we head into this weekend but not just this weekend all year round you know I was thinking as I was driving in today uh, 1 Corinthians 15 where Paul says uh, I have delivered to you what I received of first importance that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures that he was buried and that he rose again on the third day according to the scriptures. And there Paul just boils down the essence of the gospel. And the essence of the gospel is the death and resurrection of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And uh, we never graduate from that. Uh, we never get to a point in our Christian life where, where we move beyond that. And so uh, I, I appreciate the question, Bob, and I, and I want us as a church... Uh, to make sure that uh, we are thinking deeply about what Christ did at Calvary. It's not just, he didn't just die for our sins and we move on. No, let's think deeply about that reality, that Christ is the innocent Lamb of God who had no sin, and yet he went to the cross and he bore God's wrath against your sin and my sin. And as he hung there, Christ was experiencing hell itself. He was in the presence of the wrath of God. And uh, as he did that, he provided the means by which uh, we could receive his righteousness. So he takes our sin, we take his righteousness. And uh, that is the means of our forgiveness. But it doesn't stop there, right? Uh, the resurrection is really the proof that Christ's death was acceptable to God. And uh, if there's no resurrection, there's no gospel. And if you don't believe in the resurrection, you cannot be saved. Uh, that's how critical this doctrine, these doctrines are. And so, uh, in both cases, Good Friday and Resurrection Sunday, these are, these are crucial, crucial elements in uh, our salvation. And so, uh, take some time over the next few days with your family to think about those things. Uh, take your kids through some of the key portions of the Word, uh, particularly the New Testament, the Gospels, where it focuses on this. Uh, dads or heads of households, single moms, if that's you, make sure you take some time on Friday to at least read one of the Gospel accounts of the, the, the crucifixion of Christ and then one of the Gospel accounts on Sunday of the resurrection. So at a minimum, uh, I think we as families want to be doing that and focusing uh, on that. So, Joe, do you have any additional thoughts just on the centrality of this time of year? Yeah. <clears throat> you know, I, as I've been preparing for uh, the Good Friday service, uh, by the way, if you wanted to know, I'll be preaching from Luke chapter 23. 
uh, verses 33 through uh, 49. So if you wanted to read that before tomorrow, just to get an idea of what uh, I'll be uh, preaching on. Um, but as I was studying for this message, I just realized, I, I mean, I knew this already, but uh, once again, I realized how compassionate Christ is, even in the face of all of this um, mockery and derision, um, just how compassionate he is and how actually this crucifixion, this, this uh, account on the cross where he takes the wrath of God, it's actually, if we're, if we're seeing it from a godly perspective, it's a good thing. It's not, uh, if we think about it with man's interest in mind, it seems like, why would Jesus do this? Why would he allow this to take place? Couldn't he just come off the cross? But we need to realize that this had to happen if we were to ever be reconciled to God. This had to take place. So when we say we celebrate uh, the crucifixion, it sounds like, ugh, that sounds kind of weird, but it's, it's true. We celebrate it because if it didn't take place, there's no way uh, we could be reconciled to God. But as Todd said, we don't stay there. We don't, praise God, we don't stay at the crucifixion. But we move forward to the resurrection and look at how Christ conquered death in, in rising from the dead, uh, making it possible um, for us to be redeemed to a holy God. So, uh, as Todd said, I would just encourage you men, as fathers or single moms, to, um, to spend some time tomorrow um, just focusing on what Christ did for us at the cross. Not just the the wrath of man that took place all the way up to the cross, the beating. I mean, all that stuff was horrible, and it's, it's, it was needed, but the wrath of God, actually the, the, the darkness of hell that fell on Jerusalem for three hours there on the cross, it was the wrath of God being poured out on Jesus. And just remember that he finished that. It says it is finished. He went through all of that, so we don't have to. And that just brings about a greater um, appreciation and a praise in our hearts for um, Jesus as we um, prepare for Sunday morning. So That's a good thing. So, you know, all churches uh, throughout the United States, um, all of them are doing live streaming. And, uh, you know, they're all, uh, for Easter service, <clears throat> they're all meeting online. Um, and so it's nothing unique to us. Obviously, it was a, an executive order given. And, you know, per Romans 13, we, we adhere uh, to, uh, to what the government dictates. And, um, and out of love for one another to, to keep one another healthy and safe. And, but one of the, the key elements to, um, to communion, or is communion, uh, when you're talking about uh, your resurrection service, your Good Friday service, you know, we're celebrating the death and resurrection of Christ. You know, here we, we do communion every month to, uh, uh, to remember that. Um, now, I've, as I said, I've been in quarantine for two weeks, so I've had ample opportunity to read far too many things. Uh, <laughs> To include uh, many, many blogs, and apparently, you know, kind of within the um, evangelical um, circle, there's been quite a bit of discussion about whether virtual communion and even virtual baptism, um, I don't think we have to worry about that right now, but virtual communion at a minimum uh, is certainly one of the hot topics, and, um, you know, I thought maybe we could uh, just take a minute and kind of shepherd our people into what you know, kind of how we fall on that topic, and, and uh, even though others may see things a little bit differently than us, kind of give them a, um, some, some guardrails as to, as to what we're thinking. So um, if you want to talk about that a little bit, what, what our church is doing with communion, virtual communion, uh, the purpose of communion, kind of the big picture. So. Yeah, it's funny you mentioned virtual baptism. I, I think most of us would probably think this is a joke. 
but uh, I actually watched yesterday online a YouTube video of a pastor in one state who had a, a satellite campus in another state, and he actually performed a virtual baptism. He had some helper in the other state, and uh, this helper baptized a woman in her bathtub at home, and he did it from you know his state. And it, it just shocked me that I, I never thought I would see the day when we'd see a virtual baptism. But here we are. Here we are. And this was a few years ago. This was not just in the last week or two. This was a few years ago. And so, you know, technology is wonderful, but, you know, it does add an element of just issues we need to think through and wrestle through. Personally, I would never uh, ascribe to a virtual baptism. I just think it misses the heart of the body gathered together. And uh, so for me, that's, that's a real no-brainer. I think when it comes to the issue of communion, um, I know there's, as you said, Bob, there are some churches that will probably land in a different place, and there are some churches that are, are going to uh, encourage their body to uh, partake of communion in their homes with a, a pastor leading that online. Uh, I, I'm not sure I would completely say this is a total black and white issue, and, um, you know, that that's... Uh, not allowed. I, I think we have some dear brothers and sisters in Christ who, who may do that, and, and I, I want to give the liberty for that. But I guess as I've wrestled through that, thinking through the whole issue of virtual communion, I'm a little reluctant to go there. And, and I guess primarily for me, as I was reading through 1 Corinthians 11, five times it says, when you gather together. This is all in the context of communion. So the end of 1 Corinthians 11 from verses 17 to 34, if you were to read all uh, 18 of those verses, you'll notice that five times in that section he says, when you gather together, verse 17, because you come together, uh, verse 18, when you come together, verse 20, when you meet together, verse 33, when you come together, verse 34, let him meet at home so that you... Uh, may not come together for judgment. This is all in the context of communion. And so, as I read that, the assumption here is that the ordinances take place when the body is physically assembled together. So that seems to be the, the assumption here from 1 Corinthians 11. And so my preference, and I, and I would say it's a preference, I, I think, but my preference would be that we just wait to partake of the Lord's table until we can do so together in person as the body of Christ. Now, I think if this issue were to drag out, you know, six months or a year or something like that, we might be having a different discussion. Um, but, you know, for, for the foreseeable future, if this were a few weeks and maybe even a few more weeks than what we're currently at, uh, I think my, my preference would still be to just wait until we're able to gather together. Yeah, I would say the same thing. We don't see a mandate in Scripture. You have to do communion this every month, this time, this many days. You know, so um, as Todd said, the purpose is the point of communion is for the body to be together and to remember the Lord in this um, activity that Paul's talking about in the context of the church here, not um, in their home. He he even talks about that later on in the text. So um, I think there are exceptions, like if somebody is they can't come to church. Um, like Todd was saying, if they're uh, maybe they're, they're shut-ins or there's, for some reason they can't come to church, well, sure, you know, at that point we could make an exception. But I'm the same, I'm right on board with Todd. My preference would be to wait, just wait until we 
we get back together, something else to, to look forward to as we gather together. So, yeah. No, that's good. I actually, the last thing that Joe said was um, was something that I was going to hit on, and, and I think uh, you know, communion. He says, you know, Christ says, do this in remembrance of me. And so during this season, especially the uh, you know Good Friday and Resurrection Sunday, um, even though all the turmoil that's going on and the uncertainty of the future and and all of these kind of outside distractions, uh, we need to keep our minds focused on Christ. Mm. And I think having this, you know, stay-at-home order and, you know, perhaps loss of job um, during this time, um, it's during our celebration of the death and resurrection of Christ. And so even within, even within the turmoil that's coming upon us, we still have God's grace that he's saying, even greater than what's going on right now, you can look to him and look to Christ and um, and I think we need to remember that. And then how sweet is it going to be that mm. the next time we take communion is going to be when we gather as a body when this is over and, and however many weeks that, that it's going to be over. And so um, I think it's just a precious time looking forward to um, things that are going to come both eternally and also, you know, in our in our temporal time frame as, uh, as things are coming to a close here. So I think that's really good. By the way, I can't wait for our first meeting. I know. <laughs> our first Sunday back together. I know. Uh, I think it's going to be Resurrection Sunday on steroids. Yeah, I hope so. Right? I mean, whatever it is, if it's two weeks out or if it's a month out or whatever it is, I yeah, I just cannot good. wait for that first Sunday. I hope it's sooner than later, but um, I, I hope you all come. I hope you don't stay away, and as long as we're able to meet, I hope you come. That is going to be one of the sweetest Sundays, perhaps, we've ever had in the Do life. Do you have a special message picked out? like? I'll come up with Revelation 21. Or <laughs> <laughs> I'll come up with something. But oh, I just great. think it's going to be one of the sweetest times after after so many weeks of not being together. I think there is an element, and Joe, you, you hinted at this, that this is all just increasing our appetite mm. for the body and to be back together. And I think one of the things it's doing is just helping us maybe even realize a little bit did we take for granted what we had? Mm, yeah, it's good. Did, did it's we good. take for granted the privilege of coming to church every Sunday and meeting together or Wednesday nights or whenever small groups? Did did we in any way take that for granted to the point that maybe church wasn't that important to us or that a uh, priority or maybe there were so many other things that crept into our lives and, and it just wasn't a priority on Sunday mornings? And so I just wonder if, if a, a byproduct, a good byproduct of this will be uh, just a recognition that, you know, maybe we took it for granted a little bit, and um, maybe that that won't happen, so. Yeah, it's the old adage, right? Absence makes the heart grow fonder, right? And perhaps perhaps even in taking it for granted, <clears throat> we took it for granted that even if we miss this Sunday, church will be around next Sunday. Yeah. But you imagine if you did that on, uh, was it March 8th, right? That was the last time we gathered, so... You woke up March 8th, didn't really feel like coming to church. You thought, oh, I'll go in next week. Well, now it's been a month, over right. a month, right? So right. Um, so we only got about another five, ten minutes left. Um, I just wanted to, uh, you know, as I, was, as I was coming in, I was thinking, you know, you look at the New Testament and <clears throat> the Apostle Paul writing the New Testament and, you know, how God had to stop him and sometimes so he'd write the New Testament, right? I mean, like he was in prison as he was writing these, he was sick or, or whatever, and uh, so Paul didn't uh, waste his time in prison, you know, waste his time under house arrest, you know, the end of, 
you know, Acts 28, uh, as, as it ends, you see, you know, Paul's doing ministry, right? And all the way to the end, you know, even 2 Timothy, Paul's getting ready to, to be martyred. And there he is encouraging Timothy, still doing ministry, still having those things on his mind. And, and so I was just wondering from you guys and your perspective, what, um, you know, what, what have, uh, uh, what has the Lord really been, you know, I don't, teaching you through this or, you know, how have you been blessed through this? Um, and, uh. Uh, maybe you know taking things for granted, like you said, uh, we all have those tendencies uh, to to take things for granted. That perhaps you know we'll change that when this is over or something. But any anything, any thoughts you guys have on you know this last uh, shut in experience? Yeah. Well, um, you know, I think what the Lord, one thing that He's taught me through this is to to slow down a little bit and. Um, you know, I, I sometimes I was, I was just doing one thing after another, after another, and it becomes it can it can quickly become doing these things to get them done. You know, as pastors, that's you know that's not a good thing. We, we you don't want to just do these things to get them done. We want to be in the Word, and um, but we also want to be um, meditating on the Word and growing in the Word. And I think through this, it's really caused me to stand back and say, yeah, I just I need to get in the Word and just. Meditate on the word more. Not to say that I, I wasn't, but more, and just spend more time with the Lord. And like Bob said, using your time, uh, the time that you have now that maybe you didn't have before, to really um, just grow in your walk with the Lord, and um, and and spending more time uh, being more intentional in loving my wife as Christ loves the church. You know, trying to um, put feet on what I'm what I read in Scripture in a more um, comprehensive manner. So um, that's just a couple things. Yeah, I would agree with that as well. Um, in some sense, this is a blessing. I, I don't think any of us uh, wish for this to continue, especially those of us that have lost jobs or had wages cut. I don't think any of us would really say this has been a blessing in that sense. And in another sense, it has been a blessing. It's It's forced us to to slow down and it's in many cases provided some extra time with family and kids which is is good um, I did have a conversation with my one of my kids the other day just last night in fact and, I, and we talked about how the fact that you could easily waste this time and I've seen a few blog articles entitled don't waste the coronavirus mm -hmm. and, and I think what they're getting at is don't uh, don't waste the time that the Lord is giving you. And I think some ways that you could waste this time period would be binge-watching Netflix. I, I just think, you know, when you get through all of this and you look back on whatever, it's going to be six weeks or whatever, and you look back and you look at your time card or your calendar and say, what did I use my time with? I think if you pretty much said all I did was watch Netflix, you would have to conclude you you wasted it. Or binge-watching movies or binge-watching YouTube or constantly surfing social media or whatever. I think if that's how you're passing your time, you're wasting an incredible opportunity that the Lord has given you. And so, like Joe, I would say I've had more time in the Word. I'm reading through First Peter right now, uh, more time to pray, um, some more time with my wife and my kids, uh, which are all good things. Um, so I think those are some things that's been, been have been good. One other thing that I would just mention along those lines 
is I've just seen the sufficiency of the word mm. in a time like this. It's mm. good. Like it just reminds me. I mean, we believe in the sufficiency of the word. We believe in the authority of the word. We believe in the the word to give us everything we need for life and godliness. And then a pandemic hits. You know. And then the question is, does the word have answers for this? <clears throat> yeah. And uh, we're in the midst of it still. But I said last night in my class, I put together a whole list of issues that I believe the word. Uh, addresses in a time like this and we're slowly working our way through that but the word is sufficient for a time like this and so I think it's forcing us to see that the word has answers even in a global pandemic and uh, for whatever situation we find ourselves in related to a time like this uh, the word's going to deal with that it's going to deal with complaining and contentment and trials and hardships and perspective in the midst of all of that and the character of God and and the church, and I mean, all of those issues are, are addressed in the scriptures, and so I think for me it's just been a good reminder again of the incredible sufficiency of the word for for a time like this. It's good. How about you? Yeah, you know, the um, <clears throat> studying and, and reading is one of the reasons why I had to come in the office today. I'd gone through all my books I brought home with me, so I need to get a fresh stock, but um, spending time with family mm-hmm. uh, has been a good one. Getting in and it's having more time in the Word. Um, you know, like Joe said, sometimes even as pastors, you can take that for granted. Um, though you're studying and reading, you you know, you now have more time, and you're able to do that. Um, and, you know, I oftentimes think of, uh, you know, what the Bible says. Um, it has been granted unto you not only to believe on His name, but also to suffer for His sake, right? And, you know, at this time, um, you know, we are suffering, and though each, each one looks differently, uh, each household, each person looks differently, I think it's important to remember that, you know, this is all done for our sanctification. And so for our growth uh, into the image of Christ. And so, like you said, the complaining and, you know, even anxiety and worry and all these things um, gets taken away when we, when we put our eyes on Christ. And when we realize, like, ultimately, whether this goes on, you know, indefinitely or it stops tomorrow, our relationship with Christ is, hasn't changed. Um, he's still in the same spot. He still holds all things in control. Um, and, and I think for me, as I've been thinking about it, most people don't know, uh, like when we were in Malawi, um, you know, we went to bed uh, Sunday night with the information that on Wednesday, South Africa was shutting its borders to all internationals coming in. And uh, Malawi's not a big airport. So there's like three places it flies. And uh, we had to get to, to Johannesburg. And so as Todd and I, the internet there, as you can imagine, in a third world country, is not up to par. And we couldn't do anything. And so we had to go to sleep with the, the realization that there, there's a very good chance we're going to be in Malawi indefinitely. And uh, you know what? We slept. And we just prayed and uh, went to bed. Trust in the Lord woke up. Um, and through God's wonderful providence, uh, we had tickets to make it to Johannesburg. And... Um, and then getting into South Africa in and of itself was not as easy either, but the Lord providentially got us there and then, you know, um, and then Todd making it home and, and me continuing on. But I look at that and I just think about perseverance, continually moving forward. Um, any one of those moments that we had, missing airplane tickets, my wife and I had to reschedule our flights 10, 12 times. They're getting canceled almost daily. Um, and any one of those times, you could just give in and say, oh, I just can't do this anymore. Um, but through that whole thing, the Lord was just saying, just keep going forward. 
just trust me and keep going forward. And that's how I feel right now is we're we're in the middle of this. You know, just trust the Lord and keep moving forward. You know, and so uh, so that that's been very encouraging to me because um, I'm a very structured person. I'm I, I love I love structure. I love schedules. I'm very linear. And right now, none of that's happening. <laughs> so at home, it's not happening. At church, it's not happening. And uh, and so personally, for me, it can get uh, it can get uh, to a point where um, you know I'm just out of sorts. But then I remember, you know what? At the end of the day, the Bible doesn't say I'm in control. The Bible says that God and His sovereignty is in control. So, so as we close up, I mean, do you guys want to add quickly a minute or two? So I would just one quick thing is kind of touching on what Todd said regarding the um, you know binge watching. That's going to be your tendency. That's going to be where your flesh wants to go. So you have to be very intentional um, over any of that stuff. You know because your flesh is not going to want to <clears throat> study the word or be meditating on the word. Your flesh is going to want to do that. So just be intentional in in guarding against those type of things. So it's good job. Join us tonight at 7 o'clock for our next uh, NBC Zoom family check-in. be an opportunity just for us to uh, connect with you uh, over Zoom. We look forward to that. And then I assume we'll do another Facebook Live session at some point, so look for uh, an email about that. We look forward to connecting with you that way and other means. So we love you, and uh, we miss you greatly. Yeah, I just want to close with this. Um, Paul said to the Philippians, as he wasn't there, he was in prison. He said, I thank my God in all my remembrance of you, always offering prayer with joy in my every prayer for you all, in view of your participation in the gospel from the first day until now. For I am confident of this very thing, that he who began a good work in you will perfect it until the day of Christ Jesus. And so just know that we are praying for you, we love you, and we can't wait to get back together. Thanks. Thanks.